This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to the Equity Mates Summer Series of 2020, brought to you by Superhero. Over 12 episodes, we're going to be diving into some of Australia's largest and most well known companies, as selected by you, the Equity Mates community. We'll be unpacking the company, its industry, the outlook, and also some of the key financials. And in some instances, we'll also be taking the tough questions straight to the CEO. So stay tuned for that. To do this, as always, I am joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. Continuing to enjoy this summer series, and uh, I'm really trying to avoid saying the word excited. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we'll uh, we'll review that when we're on holidays as to how we can continue your excitedness <laughs> in 2021. But anyway, you're right. Here we are again for the second episode of the summer series for 2020. Today we are going to be diving into Doe, recently listed on the stock exchange to a bit of hype and fanfare. So we're going to be unpacking all things Doe. The ticker is D-O-U. Its spelling is D-O-W-G-H. D-O-U-U-G-H, not D-O-W. Double U. Yeah, and when you say it's listed with a bit of fanfare, it's what, up a few hundred percent from when it listed in, what, October? Yeah. 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 So, fair bit of fanfare. A lot of fanfare. Yeah. Trading sideways at a little bit at the moment now, but it certainly hit the ground running. Yes. Those thirsty for Australian fintech certainly got behind it and it ran. But anyway, Ren, so as always, this episode, we're going to be touching on the company's summary, industry and competitor context, its outlook and future plans, a bit about its financials, and then we'll have a crack, if possible, at the valuation side of things. As a reminder, this is not a buy, hold or sell recommendation, purely just an insight into how we think about companies and doing our research as always, though, for this series, we have had help from the Equity Mates community, and it is a massive thanks to Harsh, uh, one of the members of the community who has helped us with the research on this one. So, big shout out to Harsh. Thank you very much. So, Ren, Doe. Yeah. So, Doe, what is it and what isn't it in the company summary? So, Doe is a 
fintech platform, a financial wellness platform is how it pitches itself. And although it's based in Sydney, it's, it's an Australian company and an Australian stock, it currently operates in the US and it has plans to launch in Australia in early 2021. So while you can invest in it, you can't actually sign up to it if you're an Australian at the moment. But essentially what it does is... It uses its platform and its app and some proprietary, I, I guess it, they call it AI, um, but some proprietary technology that they've built to help their users manage their finances. You know, it, it helps, you know, meet your savings goals, allocate your money properly, make sure you're on top of your bills and your expenses, track your spending and put money away to invest. So that's sort of what it tries to do. It's often called a neobank. And for those unfamiliar with neobanks, I guess in a nutshell, neobanks are a new generation of technology-driven banks that are really trying to disrupt the traditional banking business model and, and really trying to cut a lot of the fat out of the traditional banking business to offer better interest rates, better financial products to their users. People may be familiar with companies like XINJA. How would you pronounce Zinja. it? Zinja. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Or 86400 or Vault. They're some of the bigger neobanks in Australia. In terms of how big they are, one Australian bank, Judo, raised $400 million in a funding round. So like these neobanks are coming. A bit of the shine has been taken off them recently. Vaults had to raise venture capital round at a 50% discount to a previous round. So it's a bit of up and down for the neobank model. Mm. Doe is often lumped in with these neobanks. The one really important thing to understand from the outset is that Doe isn't a neobank in the sense that it holds people's money. Rather, it partners with banks and other companies and stuff like that. And really, its core product is not the banking service itself, but this technology platform the that software helps you manage kind of your thing. money. Yeah. 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 So I think very clear that's, distinction. That's an important distinction at the start. And there are some benefits to that, like the regulatory hurdles, the cash that it requires to to have uh, you know, you, as a bank there is a lot more things that you need to do. I guess as a technology partner to banks, it's a little bit easier to maneuver. So that's an important distinction that we hit from the outset, I think. Yeah, it is. And I'm wondering if they've chosen to do that purely because they want to avoid the regulation that comes with operating as a bank in its sort of purest sense. If you're needing to partner with actual neo banks, then I guess you're relying on their services to actually give customers what they want. Yeah. So I think it's a double-edged sword. On the positive side, it's a capital light business model because you don't have the capital requirements of a normal bank and stuff like that. But on the other side, you are reliant on third parties. Mm. So there's positives and negatives. To give you an idea of the negatives, one of the key enablers of Doe's US platform is a company called Plaid or Plaid, P-L-A-I-D. And they've run into some problems and are now subject to multiple lawsuits and at least one class action. And so whilst they're not specifically related to Doe in any way, Doe is reliant on them in some senses. So there's a, like an entanglement problem sometimes. Mm. If you're not doing everything yourself, you're reliant on other people mm. and 
Yeah. That's, that's never the best Not way good. to be. So Doe, think of it as like a technology platform, a financial wellness platform. To wrap up the company summary, it's IPO'd in Australia in October, early yep. October, is up a few hundred percent from listing as we touched on. We've touched on the fact that it's not a licensed bank and the way it pitches itself is it's really trying to use AI to achieve better financial outcomes for its users. Yeah. Broadly speaking, I like where all these companies are trying to go. I personally don't use any of them. I don't like the idea of having to sign up to more stuff. Mm. I also think that I think I manage my money reasonably well, so I don't feel it's a need for me. But I, I am interested to see how these grow and how they really utilize AI to help people I guess, manage the flow of their money better. Yeah, yeah. I think you're you're probably not its target market given your incredibly complex spreadsheets that you use <laughs> to track every cent that comes in. You know, you've got your gambling bucket, you've got your savings bucket. <laughs> not true. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the industry and its competitors, Ren. So it is in the fintech industry, which I guess makes some of its direct competitors you know, some of the traditional banks, even though it's not a traditional bank, it will be partnering with the, the neo banks that will be competing with the likes of CBA, Westpac, NAB, ANZ. And then, as you said, Zinja is a neo bank that's up and running here in Australia. A couple of our mates actually use it. 86400 and up are also in the neo bank space here. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if the big four eventually go down this track themselves. This is what I was going to raise, but let's finish on the competitive set. So really, I think there's there's three buckets. There's the traditional banks, so the CBAs, the ANZs, the NABs in Australia, in America, the Wells Fargo's, the Banks of America, stuff like that. So your traditional banks is bucket one. Bucket two is the full, like the full neo banks. So as you said, the 86400s and the vaults of the world. And then bucket three, I think, is like other financial wellness technology platforms that exist. One that I used to use back when I was at uni was Pocketbook. Did you do you remember that one? I do remember Pocketbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they they're actually owned by Zip, like the buy now pay later stock. But yeah, like there are other technology platforms that aren't banks but try to, you know, help customers yeah, or help yeah, users yeah. manage their money and sort, you know, their cash flow and stuff like that out. So I guess for me, conceptually, there's three buckets of competitors they're really competing with. But to your point, especially the more traditional banks are really starting to play in the financial wellness through mm. apps space. Big like time. I'm a Commonwealth bank user and the amount of functionality they're building into their app things like you know has your cash flow gone for the last month like what's the you know what does your portfolio look like you know all that stuff is starting to really be built out on the app and they're trying to push it to their app users so those services are offered for free by the traditional yeah. banks so that one is going to be an interesting one to watch yeah I think. I think it would be a miss from them to not play in this space given obviously there's huge demand from consumers and uh, it's it's clear that you know financial literacy overall across the world is not amazing and you know the, it's playing in these spaces so i wouldn't be surprised yeah if the big four continue to build and compete with these guys yeah i mean this is me making a bold prediction and we love bold predictions on the show and i'm not going to say it's the most likely outcome but here is a possible scenario that plays out for doe is they actually do have something proprietary in their AI and their technology that is quite valuable and one of the big banks decide that they want to play in this space more and Doe becomes a pretty 
natural acquisition target for a yeah, big time. traditional bank. Yeah. That's my bold prediction. By the end of 2022, Doe has had at least one acquisition attempt from a traditional bank. Okay, save that for our actual bold, <laughs> bold predictions episode. The overall market itself is is growing pretty rapidly. So it's, you know, we talk about finding companies in industries that are going to be meaningful over the next, you know, 10, 20 years. And this is, you know, the fintech space is certainly an industry that is providing growth opportunities for investors. So that's what I kind of like about this space. It is very early days with a lot of these companies. So the battle for who is going to come out on top is still very unclear. But certainly the concept of neobanks and as you said, the financial well-being is growing. So from a, an industry landscape perspective, it's something that I'm interested in continuing to keep an eye on as it only becomes bigger over the next sort of few years. So Ren, before we move on to the future outlook, we will just hear a quick word from our sponsors. So Ren, we've touched on company summary as well as industry context and some of the major competitors. We're now going to be looking at the future and what the the outlook holds for Doe, we are lucky enough to be interviewing the CEO and founder, Andy of Doe. So there should be an episode in your feed now with our conversation with him. So in terms of what is next for Doe, well, the company plans to expand into small and medium enterprise banking over time, which makes sense. You would think though, if it is moving into the banking space, it's going to come under a much more sort of regulation. Small to medium enterprise banking, for those that are unaware, is the funding of small businesses and does represent a major function of the general finance market. You can imagine all these small businesses out there looking for funding and it's it's certainly a growing market. So it sounds like Doe are looking to expand vertically into different markets. It plans to spend heavily on marketing its products and services through online marketing, you know, the classic Facebook and Google, etc. So we can dig into a little bit more of this with Andy as we chat to him. My main takeaway is that its future plans are a little bit opaque given their more immediate plans are, you know, sort of still in the works. So like the two big things I think when we're talking about future plans are one, to grow their US usership and then two, to launch in Australia in 2021. That's the main one. They are currently expanding the range of products and services. So we're recording this at the end of November and we've just seen Doe announce that they're going to start offering buy now, pay later services in the States. They're going to part again. This comes back to the partnership thing. They're not going to offer that themselves and where the credit risk themselves, they're going to partner with an existing buy now pay later player. Currently, the name is undisclosed. I would hazard a guess that by the time people are listening to this, the name will be known. But yeah, they're Doe's raising, I think, $10 million of capital. Two, yep. two and a half million of that is coming from the buy now pay later player to offer buy now pay later services. So Another buy now, pay later competitor. We've just touched on Zip in the last episode. It's a um, land grab. We were hoping that that would be the only buy now, pay later <laughs> stock that we're talking about. But it seems that Doe is also moving into that space, but again, through the partnership model. So I think really when we think about future plans, it really will be about expanding to new markets and leveraging the technology that they've developed into different sort of financial verticals. Mm. Very much watch this space. Yeah. And, you know, they've touched on ways that they're going to diversify their revenue streams through things like foreign exchange. I think there's been mention of cryptocurrency. They've been talking about like a monthly subscription for their app, affiliate commissions. So obviously when they partner with these banks, there's 
revenue share agreements or affiliate agreements as they drive people to, you know, these different products and services. So really the business model is capture as many users as possible through this technology that they've developed and then find ways to leverage that user base and monetize that user base in a variety of different ways. Yeah. Seems like the way a lot of these businesses are going at the moment. So Ren, it is fresh. It's a growing business, but it is not profitable. No. We've said the biggest learning from last year's summer series was we only want to talk about profitable businesses. Unfortunately, we've started off with two unprofitable businesses, but we will be getting to the profitable end of the ASX boards sooner rather than later. (laughs) Hopefully, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, these growth growth companies are certainly of interest to the Equitymates community. Yeah, yeah. Why do the Equitymates community love companies that don't make money? (laughs) Let's talk about PepsiCo and Coles next (laughs) Coles, Coles, boring, boring. Nah, look, they are an exciting company and obviously the way they hit the boards and the way that they've grown in the first few months has been pretty incredible. But yeah, not profitable at the moment. Do you want to cover off the financials of Doe? They're not making a huge amount of cash. No, so they've obviously just hit the ASX, so their numbers are pretty fresh, but their revenue was about $70,000. $70,000? Yeah. Okay. Their expenses were a scratch over a million, and so they lost $960,000 in the last year. Okay, so room for improvement. <laughs> a lot of growth opportunity. Definitely room for improvement. <laughs> it just, it feels like, and this is a... This is, a, this is the domestic operation. They don't have a domestic operation. So this is overseas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so this is the thing. Doe, it was founded in 2016. And it's just one of those things for me where obviously the decision to IPO at a certain point in a company's life is a decision that different companies and different founders and different venture capitalists and investors approach differently. This feels like a very early IPO and it's almost like this company used its IPO as like a series A venture round or something. Yeah. And there's probably a number of reasons why you do that. The fact that the stock has popped so much means that the market isn't unhappy that it's done that. But yeah, like 70 grand, like that's a salary. Yeah. Anyway, look, we can ask Andy about it when we speak to him. Chase, hopefully he doesn't <laughs> listen to this episode before yeah. we speak to him. <laughs> uh, and get his views on it all. But it's certainly a very, very young company in the whole life cycle of a business so if you had been lucky enough to invest pre-IPO then you would have been doing very well but if you look at how it's been trading recently it's been sort of trading sideways it is in a trading halt at the time of recording obviously pending the announcement for this buy now pay later partnership Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the share price reacts from that but Yeah. yeah I mean for me it's one of those things where once the company develops the app and if it does have some AI or, you know, some technology that is proprietary and differentiated and special, then all of a sudden it has an incredibly powerful competitive advantage that will attract users if it can offer a better product or service. In theory, the unit economics become quite good once they've developed the technology because the technology is built and then they're just bringing on more users and they're earning ongoing revenue splits and affiliate fees from the services that they're connecting their users with and so in theory these technology businesses have very high startup costs they're very capital intensive in the beginning but over time as they develop their technology and they can start onboarding users at a serious rate 
they enter like a period of, you know, like hyper growth and mm. then their profit sort of comes from that and every incremental user, there's not a incremental cost that they're incurred because it's technology and, you know, there's zero cost to scale or near zero cost to scale. And so profit can come quite quickly. The real operative question there is will they be able to develop a product that is sufficiently better and sufficiently differentiated from what the other neobanks can develop what other technology apps and platforms can develop and what the big big banks can develop so that's if you're analyzing that company and i mean look i, I don't even think we bother with trying to do a valuation on this company given its current yeah. fi- where, where it is financially agreed your analysis here in terms of do I invest or do I not invest is more as a venture capitalist than a you know public market investor. You're not forecasting future cash flow and trying to discount that back and say what's this company worth today based on what we expect it to earn in the future because there's just so much uncertainty. It's more like a venture capital analysis where is this founding team the right team? Do they have the right technology expertise in place in that team to develop a product that is really good? And, you know, what's the market opportunity if they are able to execute on this vision? And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is something where we should ask Paul Wilson how he would analyze this technology company, but it may even be too early for him. Yeah, (laughs) I I think so. Nice, Ren. Well, as I said, we are lucky enough to have the opportunity to speak with the founder and CEO, Andy. So keep an eye out for that interview. It should be in your feed now. But otherwise, Ren, always great to chat stocks. A massive thank you to Harsh Equitymates community member for helping with the research and analysis on this one. Often hard to do with a company that has just gone public. So thank you for that. And also a big thanks to the sponsors for this series, Superhero. They are offering $5 brokerage, cheapest broker in town at the moment, and free brokerage on all ETFs. So a pretty fantastic offer. Head across to superhero.com.au to sign up. And uh, Ren, looking forward to the next episode. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances, or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. 
For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.